Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Shellheads podcast, uh, a team and T podcast. I am your host, Sergio. Uh, I am here with your other host, Jeff. How's it going, Jeff? Hello, Sergio. It's going really well. How about for you? Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Like when we don't talk on the phone a lot between these episodes, it, it feels depends. like I haven't talked to you in forever. It really has. And like we talk every two weeks because that's when we record. It's it's just what's up, what's what's up with you, Jeff? Well, um, you know, I, I you know when I when I when I go out of town from time to time, I haven't in quite a while. Um, I would go. Uh, Jason and I would uh, go to. Uh, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. We go to conventions, uh, you know, whatever, you know, would uh, I think maybe two or three conventions we attended there. And he was like, hey, have you have you tried Johnny's Pizza? I was like, no, but it's pizza. So you already have my attention. And uh, have you ever been to a Johnny's Pizza? I've never been to a Johnny's Pizza. Fantastic pizza. Like, I is love this like the- a delivery place or like a walk in and sit down pizza place? a walk-in sit-down you can take it to go with you too if you want we actually have one now here in the old mississippi area uh of to which i and you live and um i was ecstatic i was like what because i haven't had johnny's pizza in like four or five years i was like let's go but it's oh so you ate you you got some oh yes this was was my sunday night this was like movie night and pizza Um, okay okay but man, I was I was very happy um, to to get you know that staple. Um, we're good. That we were used used to going and getting. So yeah, I'll have to get it to go. I, I, I don't like the idea of ordering a pizza and then sitting down to eat it. I I will do that one night. You'll yeah. we'll probably have to reheat it in the oven a little bit, but you know. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, well, we we have a, a topic, and if you've read the episode title. You know that topic, but we're not going to get there yet. We have to go through our mandatory segments, don't we? We do. What's our first one, Jeff? It's time to see what's in Sergio's box. Okay. It's been a busy two weeks. I, I, I got some pretty big things. Not a lot big, but they're they're uh, things that I've been waiting on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing, I didn't wait very long. Um, in, in between the last time we recorded and today... NECA did pre-orders for uh, a few of their uh, Target exclusives mm-hmm. uh, on the, the NECA store. One of them was the the Ultimate Foot Soldier. Uh, one was the General Trag and uh, Graniteer. And the third one was the Napoleon and Attila Frog 2-Pack. I ordered the Frog 2-Pack from NECA, and they had it to me within a week. Wow the fastest they've ever fulfilled an order they hop to it yeah they like they had those things sitting on the dock ready to go uh so i th- that came in now i have all of the punk frogs which mm-hmm. we'll have more punk frog news a bit later mm-hmm. the uh other thing uh from NECA that i got and this one i've been waiting on for about six months now is loot crate box number one from the second series very nice Yes, and what, yes. What what be in that loot crate, Sergio? So the most substantial thing in the box is the the Danny, or I'm sorry, the Dan uh, action figure from the original 1990 movie. There's also a long sleeve T-shirt uh, that is a weird color. 
Uh, and then there's a a couple of pins, like a like a Casey and a and a, and a Raphael, uh, like what are they called? Mylar pins? Mylar? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. seems right. Uh, and then there's a coaster set that's two coasters with Ninja Turtles on them. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm super happy with the other stuff because this, this shirt is, again, a weird color. I do like the graphic on it, but it's, it's it just doesn't seem like $50 worth of stuff. What color is it? I think it's like a yellow. Oh. Like a lime, like a, like a neon yellow. And I'm really a fan of the yellow t-shirts. I, I like yellow t-shirts. It's it's just they get dirty and I don't you know I'm not gonna wear this I'm not gonna wear it I'm a collector but yeah. beside the beside the point let's get to the point of this box and that is the Danny action figure and it showed up and NECA collectors across the internet have collectively been pooping themselves because of a gross oversight or undersight under <laughs> let's just say Danny's gonna need a step stool. If let's assume the turtles are five foot tall, right? Yeah. In in real life, if this figure was to scale, he would be like four foot six. <laughs> and uh, in the movie, changed us. Do what? <laughs> the short changed us. Yeah, yeah. Like he's so tiny. And like like I understand what Neca was going for. Like he's he's supposed to be a teenager. He's supposed to be a kid. He's not supposed to be a full size human being. But if you watch the movie, he's Almost as tall as Casey and April. And he's not, he's not Mario when he before he gets the mushroom. Right? He needs a mushroom. His head is so tiny. Like he's cl- the scale is clearly off. He's not short. He's just the wrong scale. Oh man. You know, and and I guess they spent all the money licensing that Sid Vicious shirt that he's wearing because they sure didn't throw any money towards resizing this thing and. Uh, it didn't take long for, for NECA collectors uh, in, in, in like the Facebook groups to point out that it's this figure is extremely similar to a uh, – uh, Jesus, uh, from Terminator. What's his name? John Connor. Very similar to a NECA-released John Connor figure. Oh, snap. Did they just use the same mold? For like the legs. With a new head? With a new – well, they, they did have to redo the shirt. Yeah. But – but yeah, yeah. From from what I understand, the legs are the same mold, uh, and this and this. M- m- more importantly, the scale is the same. Anybody out there that has both of these figures, take both photos together side by side and send it to us. I'm curious. Oh, those that photo already exists. Oh, does it? Okay. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm just looking for it. Um. So, other than that, I, I guess the Danny figure is fine. Uh, I'm keeping it in the box, so it doesn't really matter to yeah. me. But anyone who is taking it out of the box is not happy at all. I can imagine not. Uh, they, they, I've I've heard the phrase "screwed the pooch" a few times. Ooh. Um, phoned it in. Uh, pooped it out. Like there's there's a there's a whole bunch of unhappy people. And nobody's saying shortchanged. <laughs> Well, they are now, Jeff. Oh, good. You, you you have you have coined it. It's 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 a bit of a bummer. Mm. Hey, uh, don't but, you mean a bit of a downer? Ah. Uh, See, oh. I could go. I'm here all night, folks. Don't forget to tip your waitresses. Look at you. Uh. So so yeah, that's 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 the big thing that I got. Um. I'll <laughs> Not next, really. Next, 
really. <laughs> he keeps them coming. Uh, the, the the other thing that I got, you know, I've, I've been talking about all these magazines that I'm ordering, mm-hmm. like old magazines with Ninja Turtles on the cover. And uh, this week I got a magazine from 1990 called Action Films 90. Interesting. And it's all about the original Turtles movie. OK, no, there's some other stuff in here, but it's 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 got some cool Ninja Turtles stuff in it. Um, I've, I've only flipped through it and seen some of the images and, and like backs, backstage, back, backstage, back, backstage, behind the scenes. That's the word I'm looking for yeah. behind the scenes footage or, or pictures uh, from the film. But, uh, soon I'm going to actually sit down and read the articles because it's from 1990. It's from that year. So awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I'll post a link to what exactly I bought so you can see it. It's, uh, cool. it's kind of cool. So that's what's in Sergio's box this week. Hopefully that second loot crate is a, a bit better. I'm not sure which one is the second one. I, I think it might be the shredder one. So cross your fingers. Yeah. Um, I didn't get anything in the mail, but I did go and pick something up that is somewhat turtles related. Okay. And I, we can, well, well, or no, I don't want to. Well, no, I'll save that for the news. Okay. Well, then, hmm, I wonder what our next segment's called. And now, time for the news! Oh, snap! News! Yeah, so, so uh, as we sat down to record, I told Jeff, I was like, you're in charge of news this week. I haven't really been paying attention to the stuff that we've been sharing, you know, amongst each other. Uh, I'm tangentially aware of some of it, and I'll probably forget what we, you know, talked about. So, you're in charge. Jeff, what are the news topics this week? So first up, um, uh, you know, the turtles are showing up in video games a lot more frequently. Um, we got the turtles, uh, we got Leonardo and Michelangelo, uh, in the, uh, Nickelodeon all-star brawl, which is coming out this week on all platforms. Um, and of all games, the hot wheels unleashed, uh, will be the first time you you can since the original NES game you'll be able to drive the party wagon from the original cartoon. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Do you know how many Hot Wheels I have that are the turtle van, or the, I'm sorry, the party wagon? I don't have any, and I need to really? I need to fix that. Yes, they're everywhere. I, I, I want. Are they? Oh yeah. Have you seen them like recently? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, then. like my my brother brought me one and said, "Here, I don't know if you have this, but I saw this at a Walmart." And he brought Why it to me you? like six weeks ago. Oh wow! Well, I'm yeah. gonna check the Target when I go out. Yeah, uh, and there's like different variants. Like some of them have have chrome wheels, some of them have black wheels. Like awesome. Yeah. So so, Hot Wheels has had quite a long relationship with that party wagon. Yeah, they've also added like. Other famous cars like Kit from Knight Rider, the Time Machine from Back to the Future. The DeLorean. Uh, or the DeLorean. Either way, they call it, you know, whatever they the call DeLorean. it. The DeLorean. Yeah, I know. Okay. The DeLorean from Back to the Future. It's technically also called the Time Machine. Um, The DeLorean. It's not the Time Machine. That's what it says on the thing. So. <laughs> um, that, that makes me think that they didn't get the licensing for DeLorean. That's what that makes me think. Probably not. <laughs> Uh, the 90s Batmo- uh, Batman animated series Batmobile. Um, okay. And I checked the DLC. 
That's not the last we've seen of the Turtles. I saw a Leonardo car. So I think they're going to add like all these other different turtle vehicles uh, to the game. Yeah, I, and I haven't seen that image at all, but they, they've I also make it out. They, like it was well, really they, they, hard to see. Yeah, they, they've been releasing cars that are turtles themed the past few years. Yeah, and it's basically just like some blue sports car or yeah. some blue futuristic car, and it's like, oh look, this is Leonardo's car. I think it like. And again, the image was very small, but I think it was like the mask wrapped around it somehow. No, that woke me on that. Kind of cool. like the old uh, monster truck that had like oh. a, had Raphael's mask on it. That'd be dope. Now I'm not 100%. Again, it was a very small image on my Nintendo eShop screen. So, <laughs> but when you look at that at the party wagon, man, it just looks really good. Well, good. Uh, I've been hearing good things about that game. And not just from you, so. Yeah. No, not the, wait. That sounded really bad. No, not not because I don't trust your opinion, but. Wow. How? What I'm what I'm saying is that like trusted game journalists are like we're surprised at how good this is. Yeah. That's what I mean it, by that. It has it has like a micro machines feel to it. Like I get to race through like a college dorm room and like somebody's kitchen. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. All right, all right. Well, what's next? Um, we've got some action figure news. Um, NECA gave us our first glimpse at the prototype images for the uh, 80s cartoon Toka and Razar. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Um, I don't know if I really have anything to say about it. Yeah, I mean, I'll wait and see, if, you know, final product. Um, yeah, like, they, they look fine. Yeah. But they're not painted, so... No. No. But 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 it is it is good to see that they are new molds. They 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 do look different from the Toka and Razar they did for the the movie. Yeah. Well, of course, because they are totally different. All right. All right. What's next? Uh, Last Ronin issue four is out now. Cool. Cool. Um, I didn't get to pick mine up this week or this weekend because Offbeat was closed. Right. And I drove all the way up there before realizing it was closed. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a bummer, but it's fine. Be, it's fine. I'll be picking my copy up on next Tuesday. Next Tuesday? I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll probably get mine this weekend. Out that way. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. It's it, Like, I heard that the fifth one was delayed until, what, February? Yes. Like, so, so, so I know you're new to this IDW thing, but... For the longest time, IDW was able to get two books a month out the door without a problem. Mm-hmm. It was like the regular ongoing and then one issue of whatever miniseries they were, you know, they were publishing. Yeah. So like a miniseries would run for five months or four months, however long it was. Uh, and then the month following that, they would have another miniseries. So I don't know if maybe it's 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 the pandemic that has kind of slowed down their publication or – or they're just wanting to go at a slower cadence. I have no idea. It could be a combination of the two, perhaps. But it's frustrating because while the last Ronin is happening, they're not doing any like side miniseries to to, to you know to pair with the the ongoing. Right. So the ongoing story is crawling along one 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 issue a month, and. 
we're, we're having to wait until they're done with the last Ronin to, to see if that changes. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, I get it. And I also get the frustration too. Cause like, you know, you're, you're used to it being a certain way, but then, you know, <laughs> pandemic shakes everything up. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, well, oh, well, well, uh, what's our, what's our next story? Well, this is kind of like a teaser, like a precursor to what's coming uh, next week. Mm-hmm. Um, Super 7 posted a Turtle Christmas thing on their on their uh, their their, their Instagram or their Twitter. And um, I was like, OK, well, no, no hints. Might, so they uh, didn't give I, us any any anything else. No, just just a turtle Christmas. Turtle Christmas. That's that's about it. So I'm guessing probably more figure announcements. Either um, I'm thinking probably in their reaction line, um, hmm. possibly. Okay. Uh, like maybe Mikey with a with a Santa hat on and he's holding oh, a clunk. That'd be cool. Oh, that'd be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. But that may be too too much of a deep cut. Maybe. Let's have to wait and see. Yeah. Hmm. What else we got? We got don't we have uh, other comic news? Uh yes. Um the current run of uh TMNT from IDW will be making a little bit of a departure or a, a, a change up. Okay. Um issue starting with issue one twenty five in January of next year. Um they will be transforming the title into Teenage Mutant Punk Frogs. When you sent me this image, what was my response? I was like, that's rad. Yep. And and it is. It's like, it's really cool. And and Sophie Campbell, of course, is still doing the writing and art on it. So yeah. it's it's going to look cool. Um, there's a lot of frogs on that page, on on that cover. Mm-hmm. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, one, two, three, four. Yeah, seven frogs. That's a lot of frogs. So I guess they're making more than the the four that are canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do look way more punk than they did in the original cartoon or any other iterations. So that's cool. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. And that's issue what? One twenty-five. That's mm-hmm. early next year. Yep. Okay. What are your thoughts? I'm there for all of it. <laughs> Let's see. That's, that's four I, issues from now is what it is. Yeah. I'm way behind, of course, but, you yeah. know, I'm I'm up for anything. Um, all you have to do is say Sophie Campbell and I'm there. <laughs> and, like, the, the news story suggested that this is what would, you know, spin out of – this is going to spin out of the uh, – the mutant town storyline that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie. Anything they can do to spice, spice up that mutant town storyline. I'm absolutely there for because really is it, is it a little bit of a downslope? Oh, oh, it's, it's not for me. That's the nicest way I'm going to put it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there are people who love it and I'm sure I, I may, I may not even be the target audience, but Let's uh let's spice this thing up with some punk frogs, huh? Hmm. Well, that's definitely a first from for for IDW. 
Yeah. Is there any more news we need to get to? Mm, I think that's about it. Okay. Okay. Well, that's that's fun. Yeah. Um. So you know what that means? It's time for our main topic. But before that, let's take a quick break. Great job, team. Head back to base for debriefing and cocktails. Hey, everybody. It's Sergio from Reality Breached. Our team is excited to share with you our newest podcast and limited series, Debriefing and Cocktails, our official 007 podcast. From tropes to theme songs, we break down every single James Bond film, culminating with the long-awaited new movie, No Time to Die. Subscribe to Debriefing and Cocktails today via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast player. Visit realitybreached.com for more details. And we're back. Jeff, what is our main topic this week? We are diving back into Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, we are. We're so close. We're so close to being done. I'm sad. You should be, because this is a, this is a great show. It's very very sad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there's there's approximately 13 22 minute episodes in season two. Mm. And we watched what seven of them? Yeah, yeah, seven of them. Uh, which consists which consisted of a 22 minute episode and six pairs of 11 minute episodes yeah um we started with uh, episode 201 finished with episode 207 so for for those of y'all watching along that's how you'll find them uh, but we'll also give you the the, the uh, names of them as we get to them what'd you think before we get started what'd you what'd you think oh man like my sides are still sore from laughing so much <laughs> and I'm, I, I tell every time I talk we talk about this show I tell people because it gets so much hate on the internet along with the other stuff Yeah. and don't listen to any of that make up your own mind again if you can get past the first five episodes of season one I guarantee you it just starts picking up and the voice acting, the writing, the animation, the rapid-fire comedy, the direction, just there's so much stuff packed to the brim in this show. If you are a diehard fan, I guarantee you you will find something to enjoy. If you've had a really long, hard day at work or a week or whatever, turn this show on, get some pizza, get some adult beverage if that is your choice, and just sit back and enjoy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing about this second season is it, it's very, very much the same tone and and uh, delivery as the first season. But they do a lot of callbacks to jokes and characters and storylines from the first season. So it's not like these 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 one off 11 minute episodes get just kind of left in the ether. Like you you kind of need to know, oh, oh, OK, I remember Senior Hueso from the first season. I love him. You know, and I appreciate them respecting their own lore. Yeah. There's because a lot it, of character growth, too. Yeah, yeah. And and like the, like watching the first season, at first you, you think, oh, well, this is this is just like throwaway stuff. None of this matters. Mm -hmm. But once you see that they're going to bring uh, – oh, what's his name back? The uh, There's a little gopher-looking dude. 
Todd. Todd, when they bring Todd back. Like, I love he's Todd. Capy- he's a capybara. Yes, a capybara. Yes, we talked about that last time. Um, yeah. You know, like, you remember these characters, and you remember how good they were the first time. So seeing them a second, third, fourth uh, time into season two helps you appreciate the show even more. Yeah. The uh, the real, like, super odd thing about – I'm not sure exa- – I'm trying to look up the date that this happened, but sometime during season two or at the beginning of season two, this show got kicked off of Nickelodeon. That's so weird. Yeah, they they punted the show over to Nicktoons television, whatever whatever that means. It's just a, it's just a channel that only plays Nicktoons, right? Mm-hmm. And not as many people have Nicktoons. Um, it was airing in the evening, so like I believe it was like 8 p.m., 9 p.m., so, somewhere basically around bedtime for kids. So it's, they so gave it's it like the they, death slot. They gave it the death slot. You know, um, they they just kind of said, "Here you go. Um, we made these 13 episodes. We don't think we're going to get anyone watching it. So let's just put it in this slot, air it, get it released, so we can start selling it and you know maybe stream it somewhere because the it, it was absolutely given the death slot on a network no one knows exists. That was a really stupid move. It's like what they did to uh, Legend of Korra. I think like the last season." Mm-hmm. They decided to do it on streaming or something or online at the time that was not very big or popular. Yeah. I was like, way to alienate your audience. Well, now keep in mind that they're only going to give it the death slot if they've already decided to cancel it. Yeah. They're not going to move it to the death slot and be like, maybe it'll find an audience. No, this is just to get it out of the way. So calling it a dumb move, I don't I don't know if that's really the you know, if that's I really think- the approach. We should take because they knew what they were doing. They they had already canceled the show. It it should be noted that the second season was supposed to be 26 episodes, but after uh after season one just kind of failed. And toy sales. And yeah, and toy sales bombed. They uh they lowered it to 13 episodes. Ah. Yeah, yeah. When you when you when, when you cut a, a season order in half, you know it's doomsday. They could totally just do it on streaming now. It's just just bring it back. Just bring everybody back. Oh, um, the, the next turtle show will be a streaming show. I'm I'm calling it today. Right, yeah. write it down. <laughs> Sergio says that's what's happening. It's going to be on yeah. Paramount Plus. More than likely. Uh, let's start dissecting these episodes. Why don't we? All right. The first episode we're going to talk about is 201: Many Unhappy Returns. Um. Now that the Shredder has been reconstructed, the Turtles must stop this persistent foe uh, from shredding New York. Due to how the Shredder is acting, the Foot Clan retreats to figure out what went wrong. Problems arise when they split up to handle different things. What? Okay. Oh, problems arise when the Turtles split up to handle different things. Leo takes Splinter, uh, who has a history with Big Mama, uh, to the Grand Nexus Hotel to enlist her help while April and the Turtle Trio work to fight Shredder. Though the condition is that Splinter and Leo must fight a Kraken in the Battle Nexus. Leo and Splinter have to fight a Kraken in the Battle Nexus. If they want Big Mama's help. If they want Big Mama's help, which is what they need to beat, defeat the Shredder. So, I love how important the Battle Nexus is in Rise of the TMNT. I do too. I absolutely love it. 
What'd you think of a uh, many unhappy returns? My God. Like I was sitting there just like, I, I have almost a half a page of notes on this. Oh, well then let, get, get to them. Go for it. Um, there's so much packed in because this very much felt like it was a two-parter. It well, it technically was because it was yeah. 22 minutes long. Kind of left me hanging. I was like, I, I, oh, wait, wait, no, we gotta see the. Re- oh, it's gonna take forever to get there. Um, uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> one of my one of my favorite moments is uh when uh Donatello. They're trying to figure out how to track him and everything, because he's phasing in and out of reality. Um, mm-hmm. the shredder. The, yeah, the shredder. So he's teleporting all over the place, and Don he's he touches his uh, wrist gauntlet. It's like, wow, one season later, and I still got full battery. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a nice fourth wall breakage. Mm-hmm. Um. And so it's it's so fastly just paced and all over the place and it just like lends itself so well to where it's like something to be like japanese animation where certain series or movies are just rapid fire and you really have to like watch it a couple of times you know to make sure you kind of soak everything in Mm -hmm. Um, it's not it's not a show that you can check your phone and watch no it's not no no it's not you really have to be paying full attention yep um uh, like Shredder, like ending up in Alberto's, was was, <laughs> was priceless. Um, the whole like Mikey timing, like oh, it's about fifteen minutes in between. Uh, like Don, Donnie being stunned <laughs> by like, yeah. wait, what? I'm the smart one. It's like <laughs> he was right. Oh, that was a nice, that was a nice little touch. Um. <laughs> and Splinter not wanting to go see Big Mama. And we find a little bit of backstory, a little bit of history. Oh, let's talk uh, about that. Yeah. So uh, the, the Splinter, when he was Lujitsu, apparently had a relationship with Big Mama. Mm-hmm. Uh, not knowing that she was secretly a spider yokai. Yeah. And uh, Leonardo's reaction to that was perfect. It was. It was absolutely perfect. Uh, Splinter being embarrassed to go back and see her was perfect. Like th- th- everything about them visiting Big Mama in this episode had me cackling. I was laughing so hard, especially when 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 words like snuggle muffin beefcake. Yep. Yep. Um, and sassy sugar badger. <laughs> mm hmm. Get thrown around. I was like, what? <laughs> Anytime we get to see like Splinter as like legit Lujitsu just just makes my day. Yeah. And then Leo just like there's some there's some touching moments here with with Leo. He's just he's so super confident in everything that he's doing. He's like I got this, I got this. He's almost like con man levelish, and he's making a deal with Big Mama about. You know, like, oh, you need to jazz your battle nexus up. You get, you can get Rat Jitsu in there fighting the Kraken. And he's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's he's very much the face, like the he's the mouth of the turtles. Yeah. And it's it, we we've never seen 
a character like that Mm-mm. in any of the Turtles iterations. They jazz Leo up. Yeah, yeah, like he he he's Sonic. <laughs> do what? He's basically Sonic. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and he's 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 always the most confident one. Yeah, and he can rarely back it up. But in this episode, it all works out for him. Yeah, like he was in full control of his powers, uh, with port, you know, with portal management, everything. Like he was just on point. Like he's like, trust me. He was like, nobody ever gives me a chance. Just, I got this. Yeah, and that was really cool to see. Yeah, yeah really absolutely. Cool I, I loved this episode, and yeah. I, I love that it was a direct follow up to the season finale of last year. I, I loved the outfits that they had to wear mm-hmm. uh, during the Battle Nexus. Or not had to wear it. The ones that Leonardo chose to wear. Yeah. It looks um, again, it looks like something straight out of an anime. Um yeah. the series I'm thinking of is a series called uh, Garin Lagan. Very just crazy manic like See, t- t- to me their outfits look like late career Elvis outfits. Hey, that works too. Yeah, yeah. Uh and did you know did did you notice that the the monster that they fought in the Battle Nexus was remarkably similar to the spasmosaur that they fought in 2K3. Yes, that's actually in my notes. Nice. Um, weird catchphrase for Don Donatello to say, "Oh my muffins!" I was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> what? Okay, sure, why not?" That shipping yard fight between the turtles in the shredder. And I was like, Michelangelo is strong enough to pick up the whole ship and throw it at somebody. Wait, what? (laughs) That was nuts. Like I was sitting here cheering and just like yelling my head off. Like what is happening right now? This might be the most bonkers episode. Yeah. This entire season. Well, at least so far. Uh, uh, Yes. Yes. And it only, it just no, no spoilers, but it only gets more bonkers from here. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, anything else? Um, nope, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. I this was a fantastic season season premiere. Yeah. Uh, the only the only thing that is a little bit of a bummer is they vanquish the Shredder immediately. Yeah. Like none of the other episodes that we watch have the Shredder in that we watched have the Shredder in them. Yeah. So like like. For all intents and purposes, right now the Shredder is defeated. You know, it's not like they're gonna let's check up on the Shredder this episode. Where is the Technodrome? You know, it's he's gone. Yeah, and technically that's fine. I'm I, textbook wise a fan of that, but yeah, it's odd. You know that they were able to just there he's gone. Uh, okay. Well, I'm, um, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with yeah. that because you don't want to overdo it. That's true. That's true. Let's move on to the next episode, Jeff. Todd Scouts. Man, Todd Scouts, dude. Dude. Todd Scouts is hilarious. Again, couldn't stop laughing. Splinter has gotten fed up with his sons and their phones, so he leaves them in the forest with Todd supervising them. The turtles need to learn how to listen and get in touch with nature to save Todd after he's captured by a group of dentists that mistook him for a Sasquatch. Is like. They obviously don't know, you know, Sasquatch is seven feet tall. <laughs> Did you see the picture that they showed up? They held up. There, I don't know who that guy sa- is. It's just a dude, man. 
It's got to be somebody on the production. I don't know who it is, but it was like just dude. His shoulder up. He's like, looks like he's drunk and, and like nude. <laughs> so I want to know. I'm going to reach out and see if I can find out. Like, who is this guy? Yeah. Uh, it, like, the, the amount of of a dentist and dental puns in this episode oh is God. off the freaking charts. And, like, t- Todd... Todd might be – he's one of my favorite side characters in this show. Yeah, yeah. He really is because he, he's just so full of joy, man. He's he's just like a, a little a little furry box of happiness. He, that's exactly right. And every time the turtles, in, like, encounter him, the, you know, one of them does something, and he, and he gets sad. And the entire world might as well be ruined because Tad is, cause Todd is sad. Oh, it just breaks your heart. It's yeah, like, he's just such a nice guy. He's like, you guys don't be mean to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what notes do you have on on uh, Todd Scouts? Well, uh, we've got several lessons that he's trying to to teach them. Uh, first up is food. <laughs> Raphael picking up a giant rock, Donatello with stick. <laughs> Leonardo leaning in, about to eat Donatello. He's like, no. You're a horrible person for that. <laughs> Mikey's like about to eat poison berries. Like, no, you don't eat those. Yep. Don't ever yep. eat those. Uh, lesson two is shelter. <laughs> and Donatello ends up building a giant, amazing treehouse. I'm like, how? He's Donatello, man. Yeah, but like you know, they Splinter took his his uh, his tech shell, so. You see Donatello just like like an inchworm on the ground, just like he's like I don't like this. <laughs> like he's having the hardest time out of all of them because he literally is so dependent on technology. Yeah. <laughs> he was like up in the trees. It looks like a freaking ghost with like zombie eyes. Like hey guys, I was like oh god. Follow me. It's like this just amazing place. And they're like, we got to get away from Todd. And that's where it all goes south. And they, you, yep. you don't see him because the turtles are blocking him. And then you, you cut to the, the doorway and he's just so upset because he brought him their special lemonade. Lemonade especial. Um, and that's, you know, eventually, you know, he goes off. And I was like, he <laughs> falls off the treehouse. I was like, oh, no, is he dead? I'm like, no. No, oh, he's okay. <laughs> Rolls away in anger. I was like, they just, they just ham it up, and it's just, it's, it's, it's so really well written. Like, I don't know where these guys are getting their comedy backgrounds from, but it's just gold. Like the the, the scene where the turtles one by one get hit with uh, tranquilizer darts. Oh my god! And each turtle gets hit in a different body part. <laughs> Like each one is progressively funnier than the previous one. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll, we'll, we'll save you. Oh God! Just watch it when Leonardo's face gets hit. <laughs> it's just flapping in the wind as he runs. <laughs> Don't drink or eat anything while you're watching some of this stuff, though. <laughs> Even though I told people, you know, to do that, just be careful. It's so funny. Yeah, like everything is so quick-witted and and lightning fast. And, like, oh, I I I I appreciate that this show 
acts like it's a show from 2020 or 2021. Like it knows that it's a modern television show and that nobody has an attention span longer than three seconds. Yeah. So it gives you something funny, interesting, or cool looking every three seconds. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, anything else for, for Todd scouts? Uh, yeah. Todd's eliminated parent, especially uh, it turns him into a super saiyan. Apparently. That's, yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> that was crazy. Um, probably my favorite moment in the, but apart from the, uh, the, uh, tranquilizer darts, um, hitting the turtles is when Donatello was like, take it down. <laughs> and uh, the freaking beavers and the squirrels and just all, all of nature. They're like, let's do this. And they just destroy Donatello's like, don't leave a tr- no trace. Yeah, just yeah. Destroy it to the ground. I was like, that was a dope treehouse, man. But dang, he already <laughs> mastered nature. Oh, I was rolling with that. Like there, th- we live in a world, Jeff, where writers sat in a room and said, what if we have evil dentists? Yeah. And rather than looking at that person and saying, get out, you're fired. Everyone said, that's hilarious. And then they wrote it into an episode. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was another fan freaking tastic episode. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Let's move on to Goyles, Goyles, Goyles. <laughs> Turtles and Cub Scout outfits. That's great. Goyles, Goyles, Goyles. Uh, what's what? Let's see. What's the the uh, synopsis here? With Baron Draxum out of commission, which that happened during the fight with with Shredder. Yeah. Uh, Huggin and. Moonin? Munin? I, I can't pronounce their names. The, his two uh, gargoyles. Huggin and shoulders. Moonin's. What yeah, are they? Huggin, Huggin and Moonin. Huggin and Moonin. Uh, look for new work. After getting uh, trapped by meat sweats, Huggin and Moonin recall their first day working for Draxum, where their first mission was to obtain Lujitsu from the Battle Net Nexus. And Goyles, Goyles, Goyles ends up being a really important episode. It really does. It's and it's so cool that they hid like an origin episode in the second season behind this the facade of a episode about the gargoyles. Yeah, like you don't see that. Mm-mm. Uh, and I know I've said this before. I love those two little dudes. I do too. They're they're funny. They don't they, they don't seem to really have a purpose other than to sit there and be funny. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate that. Oh, definitely, because they, yeah. you know, they just, they just, they want to be big and important, and you, you definitely see that because they are the smallest peep, the smallest gargoyles in the, you know, you know, bunch or wherever they're, you know, from. Yeah. Yeah. Because the gar- now, I, I, I forget the name of it. So just say gargoyle employment center or henchman em- employment center, because there's, there's a bunch of big dudes there. And, you know, yeah. And and the very first mission that these two gargoyles work for Baron Draxum is the one that mutates the turtles into mutant ninja turtles or mutant turtles. And and Lujitsu into Splinter. That is correct. Like this is legit, like the secret of the ooze. Yeah. Yeah. and and we find out, you know, Baron Draxum, you know, he was raising the turtles from, you know, infancy, be, 
because they they have good defensive like naturally defensive you know bodies and he was going to mutate them make them into warriors uh, to to conquer the, the 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 human world you know all of the stuff that they've been been kind of breadcrumbing us uh, up until this point is just kind of said out loud and yeah. shown firsthand yeah it was really really cool and really well done to see yeah and lujitsu L- or splinter like actually grew fond of the turtles prior to their mutation, which we we didn't know. We we didn't know that was a thing until this episode. Uh, yeah. And and uh, the reason he got mutated is because he was trying to save the turtles. Yeah. Again, so cool. Very cool. I mean, typical you know hero guy. He's not didn't get selfish until he got turned into a rat. Well, his movie career was over then. Yeah. Uh, but, but what 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 all you got for uh, goyles goyles goyles? <laughs> Freaking splinter rat! Like when he's when when Lujitsu is in the holding cell, he's meditating with the rat, and the rat has excellent hair just like he does. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that was awesome. But, you know, his rat didn't get along with him. He bites him a lot. He bit him twice. So, like, ah, get out of here. Um, uh, I just, I love Hogan and Moon and in, in, in their their quest for the cushy life. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to, you know, have that feeling of acceptance and belonging, which they didn't get in their previous, you know, employment. Um which, you know, they were they were supposed to be taking these other two big beefy henchmen uh, to work for Draxum, and they're like, oh, let's take a shortcut. It'll be great. <laughs> and as they're driving up this this really just sketchy road, they get bumped out. You know, the 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 muscle henchmen and flown over. You know, over the bridge. And like, and it, you know, like they come back up. Like, oh, they're fine. Like, no. Oh, wait. What was that? That was probably the lava monster. And it grabs them. Like, well, they're dead. Um. So this is what they sent. This is all I got. Okay. Oh, and also note that um, John Cena is no longer Baron, voicing Baron Draxum. Um. He is replaced uh, by Roger Craig Smith, aka Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, look at that. Which. Like, I didn't know until I looked it up because he sounds really close. Like, I don't know if they did vocal matching or if they did, like, you know, like a pitch thing or whatever to match voices. But he sounds really close to John Cena. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I I knew that they had changed actors. I, I, it didn't occur to me to even listen for a difference. Um I'm sure John Cena was just too famous at this point to do it. Too busy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I, the, the episode is as good as it is impressive. Yeah. Because watching it is an entertaining watch, but it's also impressive that they were able to shoehorn all of this origin stuff into such a unique I, shoe, I guess. Yeah. So nothing but respect for Goyles, Goyles, Goyles. Oh, yeah. But yeah, this was a really, really great episode. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, speaking of great episodes, let's talk about Flushed but Not Forgotten. Ah, uh, yes. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, just all over the place. Uh, okay, let me find Flush but Not Forgotten. The turtles have a secret that comes back to haunt them in the form of Splinter's pet goldfish, Piebald, who was accidentally flushed down the toilet by Leo and mutated after eating an usquito. Uh Yeah, yeah, Piebald then comes back, and th- there's 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 antics, and Piebald is just beating the crap out of them and is is threatening to flush them down the down the sewer as well. Only for it to be revealed at the last second that Piebald had already come back to Splinter and, and and found his way home, and they were working together to teach the Turtles a lesson, much like they did in Arrested Development. Yeah. <laughs> How George Sr. would do in, in Arrested Development. What did yeah, you think I, of Flushed But Not Forgotten? But never I, forgotten, I, I'm sorry. I really enjoyed this episode. It felt very much like a combination of um, I know what you did last summer and the ring, because that definitely was <laughs> what it felt like the influences were. Yeah. Um, the horror and science fiction and turtles is always a good mixture. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Always. And this is like a great, like a Halloween, you know, type episode. We well, we are in October, so this you know this this works out. Um, I don't know if later on the down the line, if there's, if there isn't a Halloween type episode, but this feels like it for Maybe. sure. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll give it that. Um, what a weird name for a fish. Piebald. Piebald. That's just a weird name, period. Yeah. I'm like, where did they come up with that? I, 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 don't, know. I don't know. It's just okay. <laughs> Maybe somebody was having eating pie in the, you know, in the, the writer's room that was bald. So maybe like, oh, hey, let's see pie bald. Yeah. It's pretty like, much on the nose. My favorite part of the episode was not necessarily a specific part, but it was everyone's effort, like all three of the turtles' efforts, to keep Mikey from spilling the beans. Yes. There's a lot of really good quotes, a lot of really good uh the good guys are being bad moments. Yeah. You know, because Leonardo was straight up like, no, we're going to take this to the bitter end. Like, we're not we're not coming clean, period. Right. And Donatello said something like, I, I don't have a direct quote here, but he's like, uh, the, the best way to handle this is to just hold it in. The lifetime of regret will be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Some of the best lines, though, in the show. He uh, really does. He really, really does. Um, there's a really big Easter egg. What's that? Um, in the beginning there, when like when Splinter, when uh, Piebald is you know pre-mutated, um, and he's he's gone to bed, and the turtles like, yeah, it's time to play, and they're like, let's let's play, I guess frisbee hockey or whatever, and Piebald's the goalie, and what shows up? Casey Jones mask and gear. Oh. But more specifically, it looks like the '90s movie mask. I don't think I noticed that. Yeah. No, I didn't notice that. Very mm. cool. Very cool. Yeah. It, uh, it's such it's such a fun episode, and just see seeing the turtle like the name Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles doesn't make sense very often. 
yeah in the show but episodes like this do like yeah. episodes like this show why it's called rise these turtles are not good at anything and they're learning lessons one at a time yeah so so i i, I do appreciate that yeah um turtles and pjs was 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 great i was like okay um <laughs> Raphael wearing a retainer and sounding like mike tyson yep <laughs> that was just so great and um <laughs> and we get we get that old famous line um it was like uh, snitches get stitches mm-hmm. which is said a couple of times throughout these episodes yeah like like the character we, we talked about character growth in a previous episode, but we cannot overlook the character growth in this one. Like Leonardo was in a dark place in this episode. Yeah. Like he was not willing to come clean at all until the very, very end when he very harshly learns the lesson because everyone except for him was, you know, captured. And he basically said, take me. I'm the reason that, you know, all of this happened. Take me instead of my family, you know, yeah. and, and and like that's a big reverse course for him, specifically him, because he's always the, the he's the arrogant one. He does not admit defeat. Yeah. So, again, squeezing so much character growth into such a small package, 11 minutes is so impressive to me. It's very impressive because like, hey, what all can you do in 11 minutes? Because that's not a lot of time. Yeah. At all. And it's just it's it's incredibly impressive from the standpoint of the writers and then everybody involved. So kudos to you guys. Word. Uh, what else you got? Um, <laughs> trash wizard. Tr- the trash wizard shows up briefly trying to attempt to uh, eat piebald. Uh, but that that goes south. <laughs> oh, like, so does Frankenfoot. Frankenfoot shows up. Yeah. Just long enough to get, like, shredded and then put back together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was great. It was, it was, oh, gosh, let's, like, let's go and hide. Like, the, them running and hiding from Piebald was, mutated Piebald was just fantastic. Like, that typical, like, oh, we'll go here, we'll be safe. Nope. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And just, it, it hit all the, the right horror movie elements. Like, they're, you know, they're underneath the, the, um, the turtle shell or the battle tank or whatever it's called. Um, and then Mikey gets pulled under into the darkness. I was like, oh, it's just so well done. The the, the lighting in this show, man, it's just, again, I'm just going to gush about it. It's just so yeah. well done. Yeah, yeah. And if you're, if, uh, before we move on, are you, are you done? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, good. Because I really want to talk about Lair Games. Oh, yes. Lair oh, Games will. is my favorite of these seven. And really? Yes. Without wow. a doubt. Without wow. a doubt. Uh, April presents her award-winning documentary about the Turtles' annual event, The Lair Games. Uh, this year's event, however, takes a surprise turn when Donnie unexpectedly gains ground against the past game's constant champion, Leo, sparking a fierce competition between the two brothers. This episode has... Everything that I like about Rise, all in one package. Oh, wow. Like, it doesn't take itself seriously at all. It has rapid-fire jokes, but, on t- like, layered on top of that is this 
this like almost reality show style interview happening with April O'Neil where the turtles are basically narrating what happened in this year's Lair games mm. and talking to the camera. It's it's something that none of the other episodes in this show have and there's so many opportunities for like on-screen gags, like Simpson style on on-screen gags. Yeah. Where whenever they cut to the turtles being interviewed by April, there's always a different joke written under their name. Mhm. And like on top of that there's fantastic uh like interactions between the brothers, Leonardo is perfect in this episode. Oh my god. He's Dude. so belligerently arrogant. Yeah. And he's so all about himself and how great he is and like Michelangelo not being good enough to really do anything but just having a good time regardless is so on character. Like I love Lair games. Yeah. So much. What did you think? This was a, again. This was a, a another fantastic episode. My only beef is we don't get to see all sixteen events. It's only eleven minutes, Jeff. I know, I know, but still, like, like th- th- this, this specifically has a has the feel of something that they could have revisited two or three more times in subsequent seasons. Oh, definitely. You know. Uh, but, but because they they established that this is an annual thing and Leonardo always wins. So five years in a row, five years in a row. Yeah. Uh, what did you write down the, the the different games that we did see? Yeah, we got the handstand hill bomb, which is uh, uh, skateboarding downhill while on yep. like while doing a handstand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Pipe goop chicken, where they all lay <laughs> on the floor underneath this, just like I'm just really imagining, just you know, a a, a poop pipe. Um, and and Splinter turns it on, and it just goops out, and whoever chickens out, you know, first, um, you know, loses. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We got uh, pizza darts, which is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> the dizzy race. Uh huh. The mallow mouth, which is stuffing as many marshmallows in your mouth as you can. Fridge balance, which is just balancing you know everything that's on the in the fridge on your face. Then <laughs> there's shell bowling. Yeah. Which ends up in a tie. And probably the most disgusting game, Slippery Whippery Woo, which is catching a greased up, shaved Master Splinter. <laughs> I freaking this lost also, it. This is also my favorite like Splinter gag they did in this entire show. I about peed myself. I was laughing so hard. I don't want to reveal... To you guys out there, what happens? I want, I don't want to rob you of that joy, but just know, I want to say it's probably one of the dirtiest jokes in the show. <laughs> <laughs> He's just just a, a greased up giant rat. It's so stupid and so funny. 
and disgusting and it, just and yeah. just great. Um, <laughs> the, we do have some. I do have some big Easter eggs. Um, okay. Leo put on the line, you know, to for more incentive for the the turtles to try harder. Um, his room. So like the winner would get you know to move into his room and he would move somewhere else. And so when you when you pulled when he pulled the curtain back to reveal his room, um, on several shelves you could see different like action figures and stuff. And I spotted uh, like Ultraman type characters, which made me very happy. Um, what appeared to be Gigan from Godzilla versus Gigan, which is kind of a big deal. That's kind of a nice little sneak in there. But yes, this th- you know this was this was another fantastic, just crazy bonkers episode. It kind of reminds me of like. Not really like American Gladiators, because they didn't do crazy wild stuff. But mm-hmm. like I love, I love those those types of uh, those types of shows. Like uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine has has a has an episode similar to this every year. Oh wow! Where I can't can't remember what it what exactly the 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 the, the premise is, but but no, like the whole episode is just taken over by this stupid game that the entire police station plays. Oh, that's great. Golf clap. Absolutely yes. golf clap. Next is Breaking Purple. Donatello's parenting causes Sheldon uh, to run away, which, of course, is his little computer turtle thing. Uh, when he makes his way to the park, he runs into the Purple Dragons who remove the restraining bolt from him and use him in their plans to win the drone races at the Thunderdome, hosted by billionaire Guy Eccentric, (laughs) and obtain the shadow transmitter that would enable them to hack any system on the planet. Now Donatello must work to find Sheldon uh, and make up with him before the Purple Dragons succeed in their plot. Like, this one... I'm I'm not going to say I hated this one. It, this one was not bad. Not bad at all. It just mm-hmm. it did not hook me like the two previous episodes did. Yeah. Um what did you think? I en- I enjoyed this episode because it was very much like Sheldon was being, you know, this rebellious teenager and <laughs> you know, um Donatello not knowing how to handle him being the smartest guy there so michelangelo steps in as um dr feelings dr feelings he's like i thought you were dr delicate touch i was like and then he goes into something real quick i forget exactly what he said um but then you know he goes back into this whole chart and he's like he has chart like he has to he's wearing a sweater looking all like proper like you know <laughs> i've got you know several diplomas on my wall and doctorates and you know <laughs> yeah he's, he's got a slideshow well, yeah. it, it, it looks like he's 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 giving an apple presentation at like some tech com tech con yeah yeah it's 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 pretty great so um having uh sheldon like just rebel and just like leave and end up, you know, the purple dragons finding him, and you know, talking talking him into uh, the um, drone races and whatnot. Of course, um, 
I really I really enjoyed this episode. Again, like it's it's not as much of a just in your face as like Layer Games and you know and, and some of the other ones. It's still really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and you and you learn some you learn some life lessons in it. You know that you know. And it, you you feel sorry for Sheldon because he thought the Purple Dragons were you know were his friend. Of course, he didn't win to get what they wanted, and of course, you know, it turned on him, which you know was going to happen anyway because they're, they're the Purple Dragons. But you feel sorry because you know you feel sorry for him because you know people have you know because pe- people do that and it's mean. Um, don't be like the Purple Dragons, kids. Stay in school. That's that's uh, very easy uh, easy advice to give. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it, it, I I do enjoy seeing the Purple Dragons in this show because I do like how the Purple Dragons were interpreted in this show. Yeah. So seeing them return for an episode is cool. It's it's really cool. And we see Baxter Stockboy for like a, a hot minute or two. Yep. No dialogue. No no nothing. He's just kind of there <laughs> in the background. I love the. Don looking for Sheldon montage. <laughs> yeah. She's just nuts. That was, that was, that was great. The, the billionaire named guy eccentric. Yeah. But it's, he's not a billionaire. That's just his name. Yeah. It, it, there's just so many tiny little jokes. Yeah. Uh, what, what was Don? What did Donatello name himself when he was in a box with some propellers? Oh God. Uh, let me see here. Dronatello. It was Dronatello. He had like two freaking like hand like yeah <laughs> fans. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's gonna work. That's not gonna keep you floating. Whatever oh, was in his backpack was working, but that was that was great. Some great animation yeah. overall. It's bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. And uh. Oh, oh yeah, Mikey's Mikey's uh, reply was like, "I thought you were Doctor Delicate." Doctor Delicate touch feels nothing. <laughs> that was that was good. That was good. This is pretty. This is a good episode. It's a good episode. Yeah. Uh, anything else before we move on? Um, no. Uh, last thing I'm gonna say is it's a good Donatello episode. You know, oh, like we talked about the the character growth for for Leonardo this one Donatello deals with like literal parenting issues and it you know it he, it points to how he's treating Sheldon the same way he's treated by Splinter and it, like it, it's kind of touching yeah yeah uh, I forgot there are there there was another thing that uh Sheldon uh yells out Booyakasha which you know he's voiced um See now I can't think of his name. By Greg Sipes, who was uh, Michelangelo in 2012. So that's a nice little callback. That makes sense. Okay. Next up, repairing the Baron. Dude. <laughs> okay, repairing the Baron. The Council of Heads will forgive Garm and Ferric. Freck Frecky. If they bring Baron Draxum to the Hidden City to answer for his crimes uh, that they assisted in. Raph finds out that April's new neighbor is Draxum, 
who is still recuperating uh, from, of course, the fight with uh, Shredder and has Mikey as his guest. Mikey states that he's helping them, helping to get Draxum to tolerate humans as he still was the one who created the turtles. So basically, this guy created us. Without him, we wouldn't be Ninja Turtles. We owe it to him to help him. Uh, when Mikey drags Raph into helping him by talking him, taking him to Alberto land, they must also contend with Garm and Ferric. So th- this is the worst written <laughs> uh, synopsis we've come across so far, I think. Yeah. Uh, but basically, Baron Draxum is now just he's living amongst humans uh, because he doesn't have his powers. He is recuperating from the fight uh, and he's. April's neighbor, Michelangelo again plays the part of Doctor Feelings uh, in convincing Raphael and, and, and into helping Baron Draxum and Baron Draxum into trying to uh, tolerate human beings, right? And if you would have told me in the first season that Baron Draxum would end up just being a dude named Barry, yeah, I would have been like, what happened to this show? Yeah, but that's exactly what happens. He's like he's basically in hiding is just a dude. And I kind of love it. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I I really enjoyed. Uh, this episode in the sense of. What's <laughs> like what Stella was trying to get her groove back is basically the, the gist of this <laughs> episode. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, 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 like Michelangelo keeping it a secret from everybody that he set Draxum up in a, an apartment up, up, you know, above April's apartment. He's making all this noise. And they wouldn't have never known if they, you know, he had been making noise. Um, it wasn't even Baron Draxum making the noise. It was Michelangelo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in a in a weird like reptar looking costume. Yeah, I I I appreciate the the redemption arc here. Yeah, and of course it 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 goes to Michelangelo being the heart of the turtles. He absolutely know, like, is. Because like, hey, he helped create us. We you know, and we need to help him. And it's like half of me is like, okay, well maybe he'll be good, and like the other half's like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna betray them again. Like it doesn't really feel like that going going forward yeah and in these seven episodes there's no evidence that he, he that he does that yeah you know um i'm not going to speak for the the last half because honestly i don't remember i don't yeah. think he does mm-hmm. but i don't want to be i don't want to say oh well he's just a good guy because i don't remember i think he is yeah but that's we'll litigate that later right right, right. uh it, it, he ends up you know saving humans and 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 it, it he, it's literally a transformative episode. He loses his ma- or his mask gets uh, destroyed, and we see his actual face. And he ends up getting a job as a lunch, like a lunch lady or a lunch person. Yeah. And he's like, I could do this. I mean, I just I I, I didn't expect that coming, but I'm like, okay, I'm I'm here for the ride. <laughs> Let's just see where this madness goes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I I do really like repairing the Baron. Yeah, this rolls off the tongue. It's real nice. Re- repairing the Baron. Okay, Jeff, let's move on to Air Turtle. 
Air Turtles. Air Turtle. Air Turtle. Uh, Leo gets his dream job as the mascot of the local professional basketball team called the New York Daves, owned <laughs> by Tim Dunkman. Uh, Leo finds that the members of the New York Daves are terrible players and talks them into doing whatever it takes to change his mojo. He uses an ancient good luck arch, arc, arch, arch, uh, called the Arch of Aquanon. Aquanon? Yeah. That causes the players to become possessed by evil spirits that start to change them into demonic forms. So, yet another really good Leo episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, I loved this episode. This is basically like a Space Jam type episode. Kinda, kinda. Yeah. Like, I love the New York Daves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like you know, a dude, they're probably wondering why they're called the New York Daves. Because a guy won a contest to rename the team, and that guy's name was Dave. Yep. And he was like, I like Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a just throwaway joke, but it's funny every time they say Daves. Yeah. So so congrats on that. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, the character of Tim Dunkman is a play on the basketball player Tim Dunkman or Dun- Tim Duncan. Oh, OK. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, what, what I what I really, really liked was, you know, towards the end when when they're they're uh, trying to defeat the demons that were created accidentally by this arch. Leonardo counts on Donatello being bad at sports. Yeah. For his his plan to work. Yeah. So it uh it comes full circle. It's it's really good. It's really good. And we get to okay. see the turtles in in some cool costumes. We do. Which which is always fun. Like turtles in hoodies is funny. Yeah. In in streetwear. I don't know if I have too much to say about the episode though. What what do you have? I don't have a whole lot, but there, you know, there's definitely a Space Jam influence. Um, there's a there's a Chappelle show reference. There is a Chappelle show reference. And it was it was perfect because it was done by Donatello when he sinks the basket. It's like game blouses. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? 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 Really? It's it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Someone on the writing that. staff could not wait to put that joke in the in the show. It was it was great. It was really really great. Yeah. And I I I I, I like that. Like Leonardo, of course, we we talked multiple times on this episode about him just being so full of confidence that it works. That whatever he tries works. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And that really carries into his his plan here. His plan was to basically just change the mindset of the team. Yeah. You know, I, I can't do much to actually make these players good, but if I make them believe they're better than they actually are, that will affect the way they play. Yeah. And that's a pretty sound idea until you pull this demonic arch out and, you know, everything goes haywire, but that is a very Leonardo idea. It is. Yeah. So I appreciate that. As do I. Anything else? Uh, no, that's about it. All right. Well, Tim, Tim Dunkman does does he uh he ends up being a bad dude. Ooh. 
If I, yeah, he does, right? Uh, well, maybe maybe he's just a demon because of the of the arch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's a better way to put it. So yeah, okay. And once it's destroyed, everybody is back to normal. Yeah, no. But yeah, Leonardo in this series. Well, I'm sorry, not not destroyed. They the other team won, um, as opposed to the Daves. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the Turtles had to take over the the role of the Knights to yeah. beat the Daves. Yeah. Uh, but Leonardo in this show is just mwah, chef kiss. Yes, you actually, and again, it's 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 not a knock at Leo, but Leo is just not a very interesting character in a lot of different iterations. But in this one, they really ramped it up to make him more interesting. Yeah, yeah, he's usually portrayed as the as the responsible one or the one that follows yeah. the rules. Or I, I think that there's something that future Leonardo's can learn from this Leonardo. Yeah. He's having more fun. He's having more fun. He's more confident. And he's just basically where there's a will, there's a way like I've got this plan. It's bonkers. None of you are going to agree with me, but I have the confidence that it's going to be that, that it's going to work. So get on this roller coaster. Cause that's what this is going to be. Yeah. And that is a leadership quality. Definitely. You know, even though he's technically not the leader of this this group, you can see the qualities in the character they've created. Yeah. So, so there's that. There's that. Uh, let's see. What's right. next? Pizza puffs. Pizza puffs. I do want pizza pockets or pizza <laughs> rolls. Raph thwarts Meat Sweat's plan to sabotage his rival with pizza puffs spiked with a mystic potion. When he finds that they ate the pizza puffs. That the turtles ate the pizza puffs, the other turtles. Raf teaches his brothers a lesson in responsibility uh, as the poisoned pizza puffs affect them in different ways. Raf must be, <laughs> Raf must get them to solve things themselves as they track down meat sweats to find the antidote. This episode is a good Raphael episode. Yes. Uh, we we don't really talk about in this in in this series that Raphael is the leader very often. No, we don't. We should. Uh, well, no, contextually speaking, when necessary, they do. It's just not beaten over our head. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's not like it, it's not even mentioned in the theme song. Is it? Uh, I don't think ooh, so. That's a good question. No, I don't think so. Like in the original theme song, Leonardo leads like every episode is, is started off with, here's the leader, bro. But yeah. in this one, Raphael is technically the leader, and over and over and over, the turtles are always relying on him to come up with the plan to fix things. When Michelangelo messes something up, it's Raphael who steps up and is the responsible one to figure out how to fix it. Yeah. And him acknowledging that that's a problem and attempting to break his brothers of this behavior, the majority of this episode – like that's character growth. That's that that is him. Not only character growth for him for recognizing it and trying to break the behavior, but the other characters, the other three, saying saying, you know what, I should probably take responsibility for my actions at some point, is character growth as well. Yeah, I dig it. What what'd you think? I enjoyed this one a lot because you know not only meat sweats, but um. You know, 
they're just like this is labeled do not eat i was like ah we didn't pay attention to that sign you just wanted them all to yourself they're poison and the the the, the rival guy in the beginning which is obviously a parody on guy fieri oh yeah um perfect absolutely perfect kept trying to eat the pizza puffs he's like Raphael's like stop they're poison i was like this is so delicious (laughs) <laughs> just all throughout the episode one of the funniest things is uh that it, it affects each turtle differently <laughs> michelangelo probably the worst because he has no bones <laughs> it liquefies his bones and they're carrying him around <laughs> in a giant bowl and all you see is his head <laughs> popping out of the freaking bowl and i just i lost it it's <laughs> yeah yeah it, again, it's like we're in the you're, we're in the writers' room. Any i any crazy off the wall idea you people can think of, let's do it. Yeah, and it very much feels like it's a collaborative effort. Like, okay, you want this joke, you want that joke, you want this gag, you know this. Let's do it, and it all combines so perfectly together to deliver. Again, my sides hurt so bad, Sergio. <laughs> I'm gonna need a, I'm gonna need an ice pack after this, you know. Like, let's see. It, it affected Leo by he, he got the sweats and he occasionally like caught on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, Donatello. What he it, it, it like hurt his stomach? Like what what happened? His stomach became sentient and it started talking. And That's he, right. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so freaking funny. Tummy tummy tello. Tummy tello. Yeah yeah. Like when when a writer pitches such a bizarre premise as this, just just remember you only have to write eleven minutes worth. Yeah. So like you. Turn Michelangelo into a bowl of soup. We will deal with it for eleven minutes, and then bring him back to normal. Like it's 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 genius to have such small bite sized episodes with such bizarre, outlandish scenarios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I, I really like this one. This th- this one was a lot of fun. And again, that's that's kind of what I expect from the show. Yeah, Just yeah, crazy fun. Like. My favorite gag in the entire episode, though, is Leonardo repeatedly saying, oh, those are my last one. That's my last one. These are my last two. Yeah. You just got them hit out somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he just keeps pulling poison pizza puffs out of nowhere. Oh, those are my last ones. No, they, no, they weren't. They never were. Like, it, th- this is like. If someone's going to ask me, hey, Sergio, what episodes of Rise should I watch? This is going to be one of them. Yeah. Like this one, Layer Games is obviously going to be one of them. Like there there are a handful that I'm just like, watch this, watch this, watch this. You can't go wrong. And th- this one I I, I, I do want to watch again. Like uh, there, there's a handful of these that we watched that – not even a handful, like two or three – that I think I've never seen. Yeah. Because – you know, when it made its jump over to Nick Nicktoons, 
it stopped recording my, my my episodes in high definition, and then it started recording stuff I'd seen before and then not seen, and it was pairing the episodes up incorrectly with the ones that weren't. It it was it was a mess on my DVR. So some of these I don't think I'd ever seen before. This was one of them, and I was just cackling watching the whole episode, man. Oh, definitely. Anything else for Pizza Puffs? Uh, oh, yeah. So, you know, they get the antidote, and you know, they turn back normal. And at the end, uh, well, they, they had tricked Meat Sweats into eating the Pizza Puffs, and he, like, super mutated more. He get, he eventually gets the cure, and at the end, he gets kidnapped by a mysterious shadow thing. Oh, that's and true. Have, he did. I have questions. <laughs> I'm going to ask you. I'm gonna, I don't want to know, but, you know, I'm like, wait, what just happened? Who knows? <laughs> the shadow knows. That's a terrible joke, but I'm leaving it in. <laughs> That's that's a good point. Yeah, that, that is something we should probably mention. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What's after Pizza Puffs? Sidekick Ahoy. Oh, man. Sidekick Ahoy. When Marcus Moncrief requires a sidekick for his latest Jupiter Gym project, the TMNT do all they can to win their dream job. When Raph wins, he and Marcus work to pursue the villainous Scorpion... Uh, meanwhile, the others persuade Red Fox to return to Marcus. So th- th- that synopsis is, is technically correct, but it assumes a, you know a lot about this this the, the previous plot here. Mm-hmm. Jupiter Jim, of course, is a fictional character played by Marcus Moncrief, an actor who is crazy and thinks he's actually Jupiter Jupiter Jim. Red Fox was Jupiter Jim's sidekick prior to this episode, right? Of course, Jupiter Jim is the one is like the favorite science fiction hero of the Ninja Turtles. So when the opportunity to be his sidekick come up, three of the four are really excited. Raphael is not, but he ends up winning it. Tell me, Jeff, what did you love about this episode? Because it sounded like you loved it. I there's just so much because it's like I was like oh no is he gonna kidnap him again you know I didn't know what was gonna the the outcome was gonna be and because the the character is clearly crazy <laughs> and I expected just madness to ensue and and madness it madness did ensue um but it was also like a reunion type uh episode as well which was really cool. Um, but seeing the turtles all just kind of like, except for rap vie for the coveted position of sidekick, um, was, was great. Um, they had, he had, you know, different trials for them to do. Trial one was weapons and it was Leo versus Don and Don just, I was like, I got and like Leo's in this giant, like weird mech dinosaur looking suit. And Don's like, ah, yeah, I know what to do. <laughs> Pulls his phone out to call Leo. I'm like, oh, I got a, I got a call. And he, he's, he's wearing a fanny pack. I was like, nobody's <laughs> wearing fanny packs anymore. That's not true. That's 100% not true, Jeff. When was the last time you saw a fanny pack? Last week. Where? On my wife's body. Huh. She bought one at a Walmart. 
because Walmarts have fanny packs because people wear them now. Oh, God. Get no. It's a thing. Did she lose her purse? Well, we were going to a a festival. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Context doesn't matter here. Fanny packs are absolutely a thing. Did was she wearing a mullet? You can't wear a mullet, Jeff. Yeah, you can if you go buy one. You have to live a mullet. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> and so Leo's like, ooh, phone call. Hang on, let me take this. And he just hits himself in the face. And I'm with, I was like, of course you can't answer it. Your hands are tied to a Mac. <laughs> that was just, oh, it's just like Donnie outsmarting Leo, which was great. It's um, not hard. It's not hard. No. Uh, trial two was the uh, mortal peril scream, which was just sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and trial three was taking out a henchman, which had a surprise cameo, but it's like a blink and you missed it cameo. A massive army of roadkill Rodneys popped up. That's true. I noticed but, that. They're on this like wild goose chase for um was it Scorpator or whatever the the character's name was? Sc- uh, Scorpion. Yeah, Scorpion, and uh, turns out to be real, and it's just some it's it's some dude that got mutated and just kind of wants his revenge. And um, the real red fox comes in to save the day and i was like there's like one moment where where she's flying kind of like tails which i thought was kind of cool that is cool um i don't really have anything else except for when the credits roll the the crew all have like these cool like space names oh i didn't notice that yeah so they they pulled like a like a simpsons um what is it? A uh, Treehouse of Hor- Horrors, like renaming thing? Yeah, like there was like Jesse Flash Gordon, Rocket Ron, Corsilio, you know, uh, you know, stuff like that. That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty slick. I I couldn't get over the fact that the character was named Red Fox. Yeah. Because Red Fox was that was Fred Sanford. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also the character was literally a red fox. Uh-huh. So it's so it's hard to to say, hey, that's a you know, an homage to Red Fox. Right. Because Red Fox is actually a type of fox. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was weird. It was weird. Side and note my, Go ahead. Si- side note, my son's name is Fox. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um but she's not a mutant. No. What was she? She's an alien, I think. That's right, she was. It's like Jupiter Jim. Yeah, like that's another character that you throw out there and you just assume, oh, in season three, we're going to see another Red Fox episode. Well, nope. Yeah. Uh, that's all I have for Sidekick Ahoy. Yeah. Okay. Now let's jump to uh, the Hidden City job. Oh, so much fun. Leo and Senior Hueso uh, help to ref- help the reformed Capitan Piel on one last dangerous mission. This mission involves obtaining an item from an auction house owned by Big Mama. 
All right, so that that, that does not get to the point. So I'm just going to get to the point. Senior Hueso and Captain Piel are brothers. Hueso is a skeleton. Piel is skin and gross, gross skin, real gross skin. And the the, the mission basically they Piel was trying to prove that he had he become, you know, had, had reformed himself to his, his, his brother, who of course owns the restaurant, Senior Hueso. And you learn at the end of the episode that they are two, two halves of one being that when put together, they're like the most beautiful Hispanic man on the planet. Yep. Who can defeat enemies by just smirking and smiling at them. Blue steel, blue steel, man. Basically, and the mission was to get an item that was spe- that was what was it? It was stolen from Hueso by PL when they were children, and had ended up in the hands of Big Mama. And yeah. getting the item back was to was to prove to Hueso that PL had re- you know had reformed himself. Yeah, real touching story, really cool. Like I don't know why they felt they needed to give. Hueso and PL this much backstory, but I'm fully on board, dude. Like anytime that we get to go to the Mystic Pizza place and and just craziness ensues, I'm for it because these are these are great characters, really well done. I just, ah, dude, I love I love their their voice actors. Mm-hmm. You know it's just that very, um. Just thick, you know, Latin suave type voice. Um, of course, Eric Balza is Senior Hueso, and uh, Christian Lance is Captain Piel. What what a what a, an absolute treat this episode was! Just craziness and like there's a little bit of like Harry Potter style, you know, esque to it, where there's like a weird like pigeon kangaroo type bird thing that they have to fly to get to um uh where they're going mm-hmm. and they can't just go in there and tame it they have to like do this like special dance and whatever <laughs> that was great yeah it was a pizza cutter it was Hueso's pizza cutter yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and the, the the when when combined much like the, I guess the, what is it, the Super Twins, uh, they they created a, a being named Don Suave. Don Suave. Yeah, uh, I laughed so hard. Like I was watching it by myself in my bedroom, and my wife and a friend were in here watching like a movie, or in in the living room watching a movie, and I'm sure they heard me just cackling. Yeah. Because I did. I, this is another episode that I didn't, I had never seen before. So I didn't know that they combined to make Don Suave. Yeah, I didn't either. And every second of that scene is perfect. Yeah, just not Big Mom on her butt. Even and even the other guys uh, that were with her, which was just crazy. Some of them exploded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like something out of Fist of the North Star. I was like, oh wow. Funny story. Quick little anecdote. Uh, my wife and I were walking through Party City, and and we come across like these little like plastic uh, skulls, right? 
and they're in a bag and on the bag it's labeled skull or or bone skull or something and then next to it it says hueso nice and i was like what like senior hueso so i immediately looked up what hueso means and it means bone well there you go senior hueso is mr bone mr guess bone what, guess what captain piel means what captain skin wow yeah yeah so so their names are real on the nose and it's hilarious and works and ah it, it, it this episode makes me so happy jeff <laughs> it makes me happy too and hey kids you just learn some you just learn some language yeah some spanish yeah, yeah. so yeah so, so it makes me so happy from your favorite spanish uh podcaster um, it's, I don't know any Spanish, Jeff. <laughs> but at least you got my uh, my heritage correct this time. Uh, did I? You did. I'm Spanish. Yes. I'm still convinced there's some like Italian in there somewhere. No, sir. No, sir. There's more Greek than there is Italian. Well, Greek Italian. All right. Anything else for the hidden city job? Uh, no. Okay. We have made it to the last episode. The last episode. Or the last pair of episodes. Uh, the first one is... Always Be Brownies. Oh, man. April and Splinter encounter a gang of dangerous middle school brownie sellers uh, at the time uh, when April is selling cookies as part of a fundraiser to save the trees. What they soon discover is that these Girl Scouts are working for Grandma CJ, who is the alias of the foot recruit in her plans to get to world domination. I'm going to come clean. This is probably my least favorite episode that we watched. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I'll just let you take it. Like what, what convince me otherwise. Like they're fighting brownie scouts. Sergio. Yeah. I, I know. I, I watched the episode. Yeah. It's just, it's just nuts. And it's like, these brownies are pretty are good when they have nuts. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're just armed to, armed to the teeth with weapons. I was like, "What is going on in this episode?" And I like, I I loved legit like Splinter's pitch, like, "Hey, you're not selling this stuff right. You know, let me let me show you. Let me clue you in." And it was like showed her <laughs> April some of his old infomercials. That he used to sell stuff, and that was that was great. Yes, that was yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, and then you find out that uh, the grandmother that was behind you know the face of the brownie you know company is none other than the foot recruit, voiced by the amazingly talented Zelda Williams. That is correct. Um. Just like just get in a booth and just yell the whole time, and it just works. I love her character so much, and like Splinter's trying to teach her something. Like you know, she's like, oh well, you know, the whole thing with the shredder didn't work out, and you know, it's like, oh, this whole brownie thing's not working out. And it's like there was kind of like a moment there. There's some character development, mm -hmm. um. And it's like, you know, it's like, hey, I know somebody, you know, who doesn't who, who keeps getting knocked down, but she doesn't you know, she doesn't give up. So that was that was an interesting um, part of the episode. 
even though she had kidnapped Splinter. Um, <laughs> and uh, just kind of all throughout, you know, what all is going on and everything. And then it it happens again. Like, she's defeated, and they go about their business, and then she's, you know, working on, you know, ways to, you know, dominate the world through brownie sales, and she's kidnapped by a mysterious shadow. I was like, that's correct. What is going on? Hmm. 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 So maybe, maybe what, where this episode breaks down for me is the idea that this character can take over the world by selling brownies. It's a little bit too outlandish, even for this series. Hmm. You know, I, I feel like it's, it's like, it's outlandish and not funny. Yeah. If it was outlandish and funnier, I think they could have gotten away with it. Yeah. It just doesn't seem that funny to me. Yeah. Um, there are some good moments like seeing Splinter like be the salesman, as you said, is fantastic. And seeing April's approach to salesmanship is basically mine. Like mine is like, buy it or everyone dies. Like it's fantastic that she has no charisma. Yeah. So, so I, I can, I can see how there are some, there's some things in this, in this episode. And as you said, her, her disappearing via the shadowy figure kind of makes this important, you know? Yeah. Uh, And I remember last time we talked about this show, you were concerned that we had seen the last of the foot recruit. Yeah. And I told you, no, she comes back. Well, she comes back. Like, okay. Yeah. She's there till the end. Like you're going to enjoy what happens with her story. I promise you. Good, good. Um, other than that, I, I don't really have much of anything for this 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 episode. It's just it's yeah. it's just there. It's fine, you know. You know, some sometimes they can't all be bangers in my mind. You know. Yeah. Uh, anything else for always be brownies? Uh, no. Okay. Well then, Jeff, let's we've re- we've reached the end. Uh, this is mystery meat. Oh man, what a what a blast! Uh, Baron Draxum is up for lunch, a lunch person award from the superintendent of cafeterias, Vivian Slopworth. That's such a good, such a good cartoon name. Yeah. Thanks to an Uskito getting loose, Draxum's mystery meat concoction comes to life and terrorizes April's school by targeting every food there and eating it to grow bigger. They really missed an opportunity calling him by not calling him Ground Chuck. That maybe, maybe. When Michelangelo shows up, Draxa must defeat his creation called Sloppy Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> I take it no, Sloppy Joseph is funnier than Ground Chuck. Just, just so yeah. you know. Okay, th- yeah, that's that is better. Yeah, uh, without making use of his mystic abilities or endangering the school. Uh, here's another one. That I like I appreciated I appreciate what they're doing with Baron Draxum's character in this episode. I think it's completely skippable. Like there's some good gags, but what what it, it just doesn't stand out like many of the other ones. I mean I could I can see that. I mean there's a lot going on. There's just like, you know, craziness. Yeah. 
uh, it should be noted that uh, let's say Leo's not in this episode. Donatello's not in this episode. Michelangelo is. Raphael barely is. Yeah. So like of this pair, always be my brownies and mystery meat that you know aired at the same time. Like the turtles barely show up in this episode. Yeah. Because they aren't at all. None of them are in Always Be My Brownies. Yeah. And I maybe maybe that's my disconnect. It could be. You know, I like all these side characters, but I really, really love the brothers' interaction with each other. So. Yeah. What you got for uh, Mystery Meat? When, when Michelangelo busted into the school in his go-kart, that was just great. That whole that whole fight and that sequence with him chasing down Sloppy Joseph, uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and I was rooting for Draxum. Like I was like, man, is he gonna get Lunch Lady of the Year award? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just he was impressing that woman so much, and it's just like, oh, like, really? You took his award away, even though he saved the day. He also caused the problem, though. Yeah, but she didn't know that. <laughs> so like, it's like, oh, womp womp. I just, I love that Draxum is just leaning into this new life he has. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, yeah. lunch lady, I can be a lunch lady. Let's do it. Yeah. And not only is he a lunch lady, he's the best. The absolute best. The absolute best. Other than that. I mean, I don't really have much else. Um, I I enjoyed it. It was, you know, it was it was fun. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like even the episodes where I'm like, meh, they're still fun episodes with a lot of really like eye catching action, a lot of funny one liners and stuff like that. It's just they're just like this one just doesn't stand out like many of the other ones do. Yeah. Yeah. But that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, but that brings us to the end of our episodes, Jeff. Oh, I'm sad. <laughs> we have six more. Oh, just six. six. More. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Six more. And this movie they keep promising us exists. Uh, and I, I guess we'll find out what that's about when, when and when and if it's ever released on on uh, Netflix. I'm hoping that thing's like an hour long. Oh, it'll be longer than that. I, I say about an hour and a half. That'd be nice. it'll be feature length it's a movie so yeah uh season two opens up strong there's a lot of really fabulous episodes and i feel like the closer they get to the end of the season the more they realize that they're being canceled yeah that definitely that kind of feels that way yeah you know and i'm not going to spoil anything at all the end of season two is is probably in my top five Ninja Turtle things ever. Oh, wow. Like, I would have to make an ordered list to, to you know, actually make that call. It's definitely in the top ten. Th- they really go for broke at the end of season two in a way that just proves to me that they knew they were canceled and they had the handcuffs taken off. Wow. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, so we'll we'll get to these last six episodes soon, sooner than later. Uh, I would say before the end of the year. Okay. But that might be a lie, so don't hold me to it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, since we don't have a date for when the movie's coming out, I don't know, you know, 
there's no priority to, to knock those last six out, uh, but it's going to happen soon. I promise you. Yeah. Okay. Any final thoughts on these episodes? Man, like you said, like it starts, it starts off strong. There's so much good stuff in this, in this season so far. And the writing, the voice acting, the directing, the, the, just the, the look and the feel of the show and just the, the comedic timing. I mean, it just, it all is just so perfectly well done. You can tell that everyone involved absolutely loved the turtles and wanted to do something distinctively different from the 2012 series, of course. Um, and they succeeded. And, you know, again, the show does not deserve the hate that it gets. And I, if, if, if you're listening to this for the first time, or if you're listening, you know, to this, you know, the 70 ish plus time, 74th. Yeah, there we go. Um, and you have not started watching rise of the TMNT. Please start immediately. I guarantee you, you will enjoy yourself. Just switch your brain off and just have fun. Yeah. Yeah, the, like the, the the real the the cruel irony here is if this show was any other franchise, if this was like an original property created by Andy Siriano and Ant Ward, it would probably be getting different attention. Yeah, for being so quick witted and well written, you know. Yeah. The downside is is when you're new to the business, they're not just going to give you a show that is your you know your brainchild yeah they're going to have you prove yourself with you know working with uh, established franchises i don't know if their work on this show proves anything because it's not successful like I someone would, someone would have to actually do the legwork to watch the episodes to be like we should hire these guys for something else because they're clearly talented yeah oh definitely and it, it definitely falls into that subsection of, you know, kind of, I want to say, a, it's it's not old enough to be a cult classic, but at least it has developed a, a rather sizable cult following. Because um, I yeah, see yeah. stuff on social media, people asking, hey, we, we want more Rise. Um, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and then you'll see the, the you know, the, the usual, rah, 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 I don't like this, rah, 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 you know. Yeah, I, this... Uh, Another another, you know, call me on this five years from now, but this show's going to age well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm calling it now. It's it's going to age. But it's it's as much as I love 2K3, it's going to age better than 2K3. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying it's better than 2K3, but t- 15 years from now, this is still going to be hilarious. Oh, yeah. Like, especially if somebody did like a, uh, a clip show of like uh, Rise of TMNT out of context. I love those types of videos. I've been watching those for like Sonic Boom, which is another underrated show. Uh, if you guys love Sonic, check it out. It's absolutely hilarious. I I, just, I, I want all of this on home video. So bad. <laughs> it's a fat Blu-ray box set. And I wouldn't I wouldn't count on it. Oh no! I'm, the the I'm, closest I'm, you're going to get is is digital. And yeah. uh, side note, side note, uh, we didn't mention this in news, but right now. Uh, or at least as as of this recording, the original 87 cartoon is on sale on Vudu. Yeah. And every, every season is five dollars a piece. That's not bad. And also, um, 
the complete series on physical media is on sale for $24 for all 193 episodes. That's not bad. Next episode is episode 75. 75. That means another character spotlight. That is correct. Do you know who we're spotlighting? I'm not going to say what I know what I always say because I know it's not going to be that's that. correct. It's not Ace Duck. Let's let's move past that. Man, I I don't know. I don't know who it could possibly be. This character is important to Mirage lore uh, and has popped up in 2K3, popped up significantly in the Nickelodeon show. Uh, it's, this character is tied to the Foot Clan. Are we going after Karai? Yes, we are, good sir. All right. So tune in next time. Uh, we're going to talk about Karai. Uh, until then, Jeff, what you up to? Well, Sergio, you know, Warp Zone has been back open for uh, quite a, a, a good while now, and we've been doing um, weekly Smash Brothers tournaments uh, with the uh, MS Smash community, the largest Smash Brothers community in Mississippi. Uh, they cover North, Central, and South Mississippi. Uh, we do those every Saturday. Uh, you can message me on Facebook about you know more details. And uh, you know we're doing our usual stuff. You know we'll, we have you know new games. Uh, we'll be featuring the new Nickelodeon All Star Brawl uh, game at uh, some of our events. Um, and uh, you know come out and help. You know support Warp Zone Arcade. We uh, we would love to have you guys uh, join us. Where can we find you, Sergio? Dude, we are caught up on our debriefing and cocktails journey to the new. James Bond movie, No Time to Die. Nice. No Time to Die, but as of today's recording, comes out in two days. Ooh. And last week we dropped our episode on Spectre. It's probably one of my favorite episodes we recorded. It was a blast. Uh, like, I'm so glad we're almost done with this project. And uh, that's just what I want to plug is listen to Debriefing and Cocktails. If, if, if you need to be if – you, if, if you need – a quick refresher on, hey, what happened in Casino Royale or what happened in Spectre or Skyfall? It just We don't really go into exactly what happened in each one, but we give you an idea of how good it was. And we dive deep into what makes James Bond James Bond. And we we really dissect whether or not his character is any good at yeah. just being a character. And and we're really close to having a final ranking of all the James Bond films. All we have to do is watch No Time to Die and put it on our on our rank. Nice. Until they make you know the next one after this. Oh, don't don't tell don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. They're already look. they're looking for a new Bond. Look look look. We're gonna bookend this and figure it out later. Yeah. Uh. No no. Listen to debriefing debriefing and cocktails. It's a it's a jolly good time. Uh, well, Jeff, I thank you for joining me again for yet another episode of the Shellheads podcast. I thank everyone for listening. Uh, if you have questions or comments or uh, concerns or complaints, uh, reach out to us on social media. We we have a Facebook page. Uh, we we do answer those messages. They may not be timely, but we do answer those messages. Uh, also, you can message us on the Reality Breached uh, Twitter page. Or uh, we have a an Instagram that I p- 
periodically post stuff stuff to. Uh, so check us out there. If you Google Shell, Shellheads podcast or look look up Shellheads podcast on any of those social media platforms, we should pop right up. Uh, with that said, uh, as always, uh, I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. And we're Shellheads. Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.